Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, church family. We are in the midst of our Lord's Prayer Sermon Series. This week we'll be talking about forgiveness. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prays, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Other translations say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So what does it mean to forgive as? To forgive others as God forgives us? As we prepare to answer this question, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgiveness is central to the Christian conversation. It's central to how we talk about our our reconciliation with God. Forgiveness is like the superpower of the Christian church. We go to see movies where we see superheroes whose gifts are meant to protect and and to create peace. Well, the superpower of the church is, is forgiveness. It's what creates new life and restoration and reconciliation. It's what creates spiritual freedom. But I sometimes, as a pastor, as much as I love forgiveness and and how forgiveness makes our lives possible, sometimes I shy away from talking about forgiveness in the way that Jesus talks about it, in the way this prayer talks about it. Oh God, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us in, in direct proportion to those who Uh, trespass against us, who sin against us, who we consider to be our debtors. It's hard. It's hard to talk about forgiveness in the scope of Scripture and to, to understand why God chose to forgive as God chooses to forgive. In Psalm 7, 11, we see God saying that God is angry at wickedness all day long. All day long, God remains angry at wickedness or at the wicked or at evil, depending on the translation that you're reading from. So God's angry about it. And we get that because we feel justified in being angry at those who have sinned against us, who've trespassed against us, those who are our debtors. We get that. But then you look at 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 9, where we're told that God is patient with us and wants to reclaim all, doesn't want to lose anyone. Well, that's grace. That's the movement of forgiveness. And so there's a, there's a difference here. You can be angry at sin. You can recognize sin and offense, but also hold this posture that God holds as well, which is to say that 
God is patiently working with to redeem everyone who has offended in any way. That's where the heart of God moves as we talk about forgiveness. Forgive those as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, there are perhaps three reasons that we wrestle with forgiveness sometimes. One reason is we do not believe we need to be forgiven. As we think on our lives, we can't see anything that is big enough to warrant uh, forgiveness. This can easily cause a kind of superiority. So we look down on others who have um, trespassed against us, who have sinned against us, who've hurt us. And I can create this superior view and look down upon them. And if I can look down upon them, I can hold them to the fire. I want them to remember what they have done to me. I want them to feel what they have done to me. I want them to, I want to come, them to come to me on their knees apologizing for what they have done to me. And you know, even if they do, I might say, hey, okay, I forgive you, but I'm still going to hold it in my mind and, and to punish them with this the next time uh, something comes up that reminds me of this because I feel superior to them because I don't see the great need for forgiveness in my life. Another reason we might have challenges with forgiveness is because we feel we are so unworthy of forgiveness. What I've done is, is so wrong. I don't, I don't know what could be done to, to make it right. God could not forgive me for this. Others could not forgive me for this. The challenge there is we, we don't understand forgiveness at all, if that's the case. Because someplace at the back of our mind, we believe in, in this scenario that, well, if I, if I could do something, if I could earn it by doing the right thing, then God could forgive me. This is what we call works righteousness. By our own works, we are, we are made righteous. But that's not it either. God forgives us because of the action of Jesus, not because of the action that we take, not because of what we do. No, we're forgiving because of what Jesus has done. And the third reason that we... Um, sometimes fail to uh, forgive as we ought is because we have simply forgotten how much we have been forgiven. Because when we remember, when we remember how much God has forgiven us, the grace that has been poured upon our lives, it is humbling, but humbling in a good way humbling in a way that leads us to, to thankfulness and that as we interact with everybody else who has um, hurt us, offended us, we don't see ourselves better than them. 
yes, we recognize the hurt and, and we do what's necessary to make sure that that hurt or that harm is not repeated. But we also don't see ourselves as better than them. And so we extend forgiveness. You see, the withholding of forgiveness uh, means that we believe that the person who has offended us must do something to earn it. It's kind of like that scenario, too, that I talked about. They've got to do some kind of work to prove themselves righteous enough to us so that we can forgive them. And so it's all on the person who has offended. But forgiveness, as it relates to God, comes from God. It's a choice that God makes, is made toward us in Jesus Christ. And we are asked to mimic Christ, to make that choice for others. It comes from God and moves toward others. And God is saying it should come from us likewise and move toward others. There's a scripture that I think really encapsulates what we're talking about here related to forgiveness, the hard yet beautiful teaching around forgiveness. And this comes from Matthew chapter 18. In Matthew 18, verse 21, Peter has been listening to Jesus teach about the parable of the uh, lost sheep. He's been teaching on uh, what to do with a brother or sister who sinned against you. And Peter, in his mind, is thinking about a situation where someone has, has offended him. And he's asking, well, gosh, how, how often should I forgive somebody who's a repeat offender? Well, this is how the conversation goes. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? And Jesus said, not just seven times, but rather as many as 77 times. Some translations say 70 times seven. Seven is a number of completeness. And so Jesus is not just talking about a, a literal number here, but Jesus is talking about a way of continuing to repeatedly forgive over and over again. And Jesus says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold along with his wife and children and everything he had and that the proceeds should be given, should be used as payment. Wow. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him and said, please be patient with me and I'll pay it back to you. The master had compassion on the servant and released him and forgave the loan. When the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 coins. He grabbed him around the throat and said, pay me back what you owe me. Then his fellow servant fell down and begged him, be patient with me, I'll pay it back to you. But he refused. Instead, he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. 
Wow. You see what's going on here? This, this servant who had this amazing debt, this huge debt, then refuses to forgive the debt of someone who owes him money even after the king had forgiven this servant his major debt. Well, when his fellow servants saw what happened, they were deeply offended. They came and told their master all that had happened. His master called the first servant and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? His master was furious and handed him over to the guard responsible for punishing prisoners until he had paid the whole debt. Then Jesus goes on to say, My father, my heavenly father, will also do the same to you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Whoa, this is intense. Remember, we're in the gospel of Matthew here. This is the same gospel where Jesus has taught the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And here Jesus is expanding on this teaching in Matthew 18 when Peter says, all right, so let's kind of figure out what this looks like in reality. You say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Uh, but how often should I do that? Someone who has, has hurt me, someone has offended me. How often should I extend forgiveness? And Peter is like us because we want, we want some limits around it. We want some boundaries around it. We think this mess cannot go on forever. Uh, what would you say I do, Jesus? What's the practical answer here? And Jesus says, well, forgive them a bunch of times. And then he shares this parable. Somebody owes a great debt. King forgives. That person goes out. Somebody else owes them. They don't forgive. And so remember, Jesus says, the prayer goes, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Here in this parable, this servant has had his trespasses, his debts. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors is another way to translate it. He's had his debts forgiven, but then refused, refuses to forgive his debtor. Therefore, the king comes back and says, all right, I'm going to treat you like you treat those who trespass against you, your debtors. And Jesus says, look, I'm going to say it again because I've said it before. This is exactly how God will treat you if you fail to forgive those who trespass against you. Friends, this is a parable that I'm just going to confess I like to avoid. Uh, this is conversation about forgiveness that I like to avoid because I don't always know exactly what to say, how to, to say it. But then I figure that at some point I've got to try to stop protecting you from Jesus here. Um, because what I want to say is, yeah, I, I get it. They owe you a lot. They have harmed you. They owe you something. You are justified in how frustrated you are. You're justified in how 
angry you are. You're justified in the way you want to retaliate in some kind of way. You're justified to hold it against them. You're justified in your bitterness. It's what I want to say sometimes. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying you're not justified in any of those things. True, what they have done has harmed you. And yes, we can be like God, angry at the wickedness that has happened. But in forgiveness, we are releasing. We're releasing all of our claims toward that kind of retaliation and to continue to hold them under the fire. We're releasing our bitterness. Because if we hold on to those postures, we're always going to feel ourselves superior to them. We will in some way close ourselves off to receiving the grace and the forgiveness of God. And what, these, what the bitterness does is it's like a chain. It's like a prison. You imagine those chains that Bob Marley had, um, not Bob Marley, Marley had um, in uh, A Christmas Carol. And those, um, those chains were about greed. But there are other kinds of chains that can be around us as well, and invisible chains. And lack of forgiveness, I believe, is one of those chains that we can drag with us through life. And these chains will weigh us down. These chains will, will get in the way of, of other relationships that we have. That lack of forgiveness affects us. You see, we think it's all about the person who has offended us and what they owe us, the debt that they owe us. But again, forgiveness, as we we're talking about it in the Christian faith, is about forgiving in the way that God in Jesus Christ has modeled forgiveness. The power of the church is in the way that Jesus models forgiveness. God, through Jesus Christ, has forgiven us. And the teaching here from Jesus to us, the request is for us to forgive like Jesus. It's powerful. It feels hard to do. It means that we've got to work through things. We've got to work through our pain. It means that we must approach forgiveness, our own forgiveness, in a new way that we've got to truly receive the grace and, and realize the full measure and power of that grace that has been extended to us. Because we want to act differently than that servant did in Matthew 18. We want to step into life with the kind of freedom that we've been given the weight of that debt has been lifted. And in that euphoria, in that gratefulness, we want to go out and extend that to others. Forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so my challenge this week is simple, but it's, it's hard. It's to, in your prayer time, allow God to help you to release all of the bitterness, all of the justified anger that you're holding, all of the justification to, to hold on to hostility. Release all of that and begin to forgive like Jesus, to release the bitterness. We don't want to be a bitter version of Jacob Marley from A Christmas Carol with, with those chains that we're dragging through life and that are affecting our lives, affecting our relationships. No, we want to receive the full restoration and reconciliation and renewal and resurrection that forgiveness brings in our lives. Knowing that forgiveness begins in our hearts and then it flows into the lives of others. We want those who have offended us to experience heart change as well, but this change begins in our hearts. We want to forgive just as God has forgiven us in Jesus Christ. And as we do that, as we receive the forgiveness and the mercy that we've been given, then we walk into the world as people who are truly free, all because we have forgiven as we have been forgiven. And we forgive as we have been forgiven. In Christ's holy name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.